0: Hey everybody, welcome to Spin is a Four Letter Word, the Maroon PR podcast, all things PR, marketing, etc., etc. Joining us as always is Matt Williams. Hey Matt. Good to see you, John. Silent but deadly producer, Brittany. Brittany's waving wildly. Mm -hmm. Um, Today we have a fun show. Uh, It's very topical. Uh, It's about the name image likeness craze that's sweeping the sports world these days and you know, with the rulings that came down uh, from the courts, and now athletes on the collegiate level and the amateur level are getting paid for their name, image, and likeness, and a lot of companies, the growing numbers of businesses are pouncing on this as an opportunity, and what does that mean?
1: Yeah, and it's really interesting, John, to see what it means for the sports marketing world, especially the agencies out there who... Um, have really had to shift gears and adjust to these new rules and what it means for them from a competitive standpoint, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, the co- the cost that you'd usually invest in a Hall of Fame caliber professional athlete, you can now get a dozen <laughs> college athletes yeah. and amateur athletes uh, doing their thing, and they have just as much influence on social media, if not more. So uh, joining us shortly is going to be EJ Narcisse. EJ is a friend and one of the principals of Team Services, LLC, and they are knee-deep in the name image likeness world these days it'll be really interesting conversation so thanks for listening and here's EJ Narcisse. EJ thanks so much for joining us.
2: It's my pleasure John Uh, glad to do it.
0: So EJ just jumping right in I mean this seems to be an ever-evolving universe with name image likeness and companies just starting to kind of come to the realization of what they can do with this new, um, allowance, uh, Mm -hmm. signing, signing these collegiate athletes and making, Hey, I mean, it feels like the traditionalists are being left behind a little bit and you're starting to see a sea change. What's your take being close to it?
2: Well, you know, Johnny, it's interesting that and we, we've talked about this ourselves, you know, amongst ourselves, uh, going back to our, you know, our sale conversations, the the confluence right now is the, the perfect storm of the transfer portal uh, and NIL, uh, you know, it was never intended to come together the way it did. They had been working on the transfer portal for many years uh, and they just could not get their arms around it. But the timing of that sadly could not have been worse because now you've got you know you've got surely the wild wild west with all that's uh, you know with all that's tied into these nil collectives etc um you know it's there's a big difference when we talk about professional athletes and you talk about collegiate athletes professional athletes are being paid for for much more for traditional media uh they're still doing television uh they're still doing appearances NIL is extremely different in that, you know, it's it's a much more targeted audience and it's all digital. Yeah. So these kids, you know, living on different platforms and it's you know, they the brands are going to where the kids are.
0: Yeah, and the brands that want to get younger and attract younger audiences are really kind of going that route. It's it's funny you mentioned the transfer portal. EJ, um, you know, my alma mater, I went to St. John's University in New York where, you know, basketball is king in the Big East. And, you know, we didn't lose one player to the to the transfer portal, which is an anomaly. We picked up a couple in this offseason, and then I, I figured out why. The St. John's actually just started an NIL company where they're helping their student-athletes find deals. And so yep. talk about the Wild West. I mean, it's something you would never have imagined, but now schools are starting marketing arms so they can keep their athletes happy and satisfied. Um, I would imagine more schools are going to be doing this, whether they bring in companies like Team Services, LLC, or do it themselves. They're going to see more and more of this happening, don't you think?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you're seeing the state laws. You know, we followed this so closely early on. Mm -hmm. You're seeing the state laws being changed, particularly within the SEC. Tennessee just changed their law. Florida's changing their law. Originally, these states were stepping up and saying the universities can have nothing to do with these deals, but they quickly realized that, you know, they can't compete Mm -hmm. against the other states that are allowing this. So that's, you know, that's become a major issue in and of itself. And as you alluded to, the NIL collectives are huge, the ambassador programs. I don't know if you saw the article in The Athletic last week where Ryan Day and Gene Smith came out. Ryan Day said, you know, he's going to need thirteen million dollars to pay his players. And he's gone as far, guys, to break it down and say quarterbacks are gonna cost two million, offensive tackles and edge rushers are gonna cost a million, and that's just gonna be the way of the world if we're gonna keep our roster. But to keep my roster intact, I'm gonna need thirteen million dollars. That is just Mind blowing. <laughs> it is, EJ.
1: And and I was gonna bring that up because I, I saw the same article. Um, you know, for for coaches essentially to say, here's here's the budget we need to compete. And and we're gonna it seems to me, you know, we we're a year into NIL and what it sounded like it was going to be a year ago to what it is now is just one hundred eighty degrees. I mean, they, they are essentially Coming up with a cost per, as you alluded to, cost per athlete, correct? I mean, it's just, yeah. and they have to budget accordingly um, to pay for these kids, say, in, name, image, and likeness, and and be able to compete. I well, mean yeah, it's just, like
0: you said, like EJ said earlier, Matt, because this transfer portal, everyone's a free agent every right, year, so right. you got to keep them, and now you have the, you got to find the means to keep them because the rules, the restrictive rules, are out the window.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, schools like Ohio State are going to budget thirteen million dollars for this, but how does it trickle down, EJ, to, to even to smaller schools? Are they budgeting the same way?
2: Well, you know, they they're budgeting, but they're still you know they're still challenged because the numbers aren't going. You know, even I'll give you an example: Oregon through the winter season, Oregon did two million dollars worth of deals. And that's including their football players. They had 719 deals, and the total dollars were two million. Wow! So yeah, they're they're averaging somewhere around 2,500 a deal. So every school is going to be different. It will be unique unto the university itself.
0: Yeah, EJ, that's uh, interesting me, Sorry to interrupt you, but you know no. that tells me that some of these. Maybe non-generating uh, sport athlete, non-revenue generating sport athletes are starting to get some deals too, albeit smaller and or hyper local. From from what your guys are seeing um, with the athletes you're working with and and the businesses that you're starting to work with, are they starting to realize? I mean, I think it was a bit of an education, but are smaller to mid-sized businesses starting to realize I can utilize this, I can do this, and this, this can really help my business? Are you starting to see an awakening in, in the business side?
2: We are, and, and in very specific industries. Um, it's much more economical for them. Uh, they, they desperately want to connect uh, with Gen Z, and they're smart enough to know that uh, a, co- a collision field hockey player with a, a large social media following the majority of those kids are 13, 14, and 15 year old field hockey players yeah. who idolize these young ladies. So it, it's a different market, and they can do it based on the number of posts they have, et cetera. And so it's a it's a much more economical. You've got you, you've heard us talk about the one percent forever. You know, this is the one percent are the quarterbacks, the Thibodeaus from from Oregon, et cetera but it is all the Olympic sport athletes with the exception of occasional golfers, tennis players, et cetera, that, um, you know, that have mega followings. Um, these are all, all of our clients right now, we're looking at four or $5,000 deals and there is a criterion uh, you know, for selection and then deliverables and how many posts, how many, is there an appearance involved? Uh, is there a video that, that the kids will post themselves,
1: et cetera. Yeah in EJ what back to just maybe this is just a little bit of an educational uh, segment here. When we say a school is saying they have a they need a budget for Nil so logistically then what happens? does the school have to go out and search for the businesses that help come up with this? Is the school funding this and then you know who determines where the money is coming from and who and, and how it goes to the athlete? Is it going through a business through alumni how does it work?
2: Well, the NIL collectives, with the updated um, ter- you know, terms that the NCAA came out with last month, said that NIL collectives uh, are considered boosters. So there is a really tight ring around that. Universities cannot be involved in funding it themselves. But when Ryan Day and Gene Smith are talking, you know, they're talking to their alumni, saying, contribute to these collectives. Um, And then the the collectives have to manage that process. You know, it can't be the $10,000 handshake or the no-show job. There's got to be something tied to it. And that's where the NCAA is is trying to regulate. But honestly, guys, I believe they're just treading water until the, the federal government gets involved in this. And then it would be a universal, you know, there'd be universal guidelines. But you know how much power the NCAA no longer has um, these big, the Power Five schools. You know, really just shrug your shoulders if the mm-hmm. NCAA doesn't. The, the conferences hold all the power. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And it seems that's been that's been coming for some time now. And we all know things get better when the federal government gets involved too. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, uh, is this
2: going to say no comment or
0: edit? <laughs> uh, it's okay. We're not editing that out. Uh,
2: <laughs> hey, hey
0: <laughs> everyone knows it. Um, do you think, is this kind of like, uh, we all know it's a little bit crazy and everyone's trying to wrap their head around it and whatnot, but is this more opportunity for more student athletes and more businesses or are you going to see more of a shift? So like the giant agencies, like let's use, I don't know, an octagon for instance, that's used to dealing with NFL players and getting them seven figure deals for the like you alluded to earlier, TV commercials and appearances and campaigns. Is this additive to that? Or do you see this is gonna be ultimately hurt those initiatives a little bit because people are gonna now have this option?
2: I don't know. That's interesting, John. I think that you know you're gonna see the octagons of the world still zero in on uh you know on the one percenters or um, they're going to try to handicap and pick these kids early on when they're freshmen and sophomores from an NIL standpoint, because what they really want is after, you know, post grad, they want to represent these kids, you know, on, on the basketball court or the football field, what have you. So I think that you're, you're going to find that, you know, the opportunities are going to be there. Um, kids are going to have to really work at it. Again, it's a little bit of what we do, trying to educate the universities on where the opportunities are, and we've we've really gone and focused on the non-power five schools, and trying to help uh, those those mid majors, if you will, that are are fighting for their own existence in the mid Atlantic, where it's so competitive. But we've also found that we're, we're doing a project now for a client where we're it's a southeastern uh, organization and we're targeting female athletes because that is their, you know, that's their target audience. They, they're leaning heavily into this. And so we brought them the idea of why not, you know, let's do, they're already doing NFL. They have an NFL partnership. Uh, They're using NFL players, but if you really want to shift the paradigm here, then let's go, let's lean into female athletes. And again, as I said earlier, it's very economical for them to do that. It's, the softball players, the basketball players, um, you know, cross country runners, etc. So the opportunities are there, but they've got to be mined. Um, these companies aren't going to just go find these kids.
0: Yeah, you know? and that's, that's. I'm sorry, D. That's a good point because that's really what I was going to ask you. Like, what is as you go out as you and Fred and Chris over at uh, Team Services and Sale, you as you're exploring these opportunities and finding. Ah, uh, these opportunities. What's been the biggest challenge? Is it is it making sure that businesses know that these price points are reasonable and that this can help move the needle and you can actually do this, or is it more kind of finding the kids that have the great following and they kind of get it and they understand that they have to work for this money and that sort of thing, or a little bit of both?
2: Well, it is a little bit of both, John. You're absolutely right. We we've we're working to recruit a young lady. At a traditionally black university. She is four generations at this university. She represents the fourth generation. Think of what an amazing story that is. It's and not to mention, she's a 3.9 GPA. And, a, a, and I didn't know it went that high.
0: <laughs> I didn't know it went that high. Yeah, it's good.
2: Not for you and I. It's <laughs> but um, but you see what I mean it's like there there are very unique stories and so uh, like any other digital platform or social media platform, unique is important yeah. unique is what is appealing to Gen Z they you know and, and the, their the branding has to be very very light. These kids don't right. want to get banged over the head with brands, um, but they are, intrigued by interesting stories and so that's really been our focus.
1: E.J. taking a step back and putting the sports fan hat on rather than the marketing hat here just for a second ultimately you mentioned the power five schools Um, how much bigger is the gap now between these schools and the smaller schools in other words it seems to me that we're going to see just the very best players period going to these top schools and you know the the mid mid majors are going to rarely have these kids and when they do they're probably going to leave on the on the on the portal right so i mean just just as a fan i mean and you really think about the ncaa basketball tournament as an example of this how big is the gap going to get now and is it going to be harder for these mid majors to to even compete with the big guys
2: well, there again, Matt is where you have this confluence of NIL and
1: and the transfer
2: portal. I mean, look at St. Peter's. Yep. You know, they lost three kids and their coach, mm-hmm. and it was all about the transfer portal and NIL opportunities. So, um, what's going to happen is, you know, the rich are going to get richer. They're going to they're going to continue to feast off of each other. Though it's going to be a matter of you know. LSU and and Alabama and Alabama and Texas A&M. And, you know, it's funny, but um, knowing Saban just a little bit, he never says anything off the cuff. Okay, so people are like, I can't believe he said that. He knew exactly what he was saying. And he was sending a message to his own alumni saying, here's the reality, guys. The rules have changed and we need to get our act together. Yep. Yeah. So the shot, the shot that he fired over the bow, although, you know, he, he didn't, you know, Jimbo Fisher's man, he could care less. <laughs> who's, he, he had an agenda with that particular soundbite and he, he got exactly what he needed. And that was the attention of his alumni. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hey, EJ, when, going back to uh, kind of the deals and where they might be falling when you, um when you're looking like at putting aside the giant schools with the, kids that are known nationally in the revenue-generating sports, looking more at, you know, locally here, maybe a Towson University um, Mm -hmm. softball player, are you finding that when you go in these markets, you go to Western Kentucky, that it's the businesses around the university that are kind of most intrigued right now and most doing that, and it's kind of like local... Is really where you're finding these dollars because that's they're more relatable because they go to school here and the people around here might know them, or because their social media gets to a certain number. Do people not care? Like, would a Maryland business, you know, bring on the kid from Western Kentucky because he has five million uh, TikTok followers and can make a difference?
2: Right. It's a, it's again it's a combination of all of those things. Um, it's the local deals tend to be Olympic athletes. The larger deals tend to be the national brands. If you see now that, you know, everybody's Gatorade's finally gotten in it. Nike's in it. Adidas is in it. Hell, Adidas did a deal with an entire team. Uh, So it plays right. Once they know what the rules are and what they can and can't do, I mean, they've been doing this forever in sneaker marketing.
1: Right, right.
2: So, I mean, there's, there's no question that you're going to continue to see it what's what's maddening is just thinking that there's there are already companies popping up that are representing uh, high school athletes
1: (laughs) because
2: you have a number of states that are wide open to NIL for high school kids.
1: E.J., can you put your prognosticator hat on now and say, all right, what does the next year look like? I mean, this 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 year has been, you know, crazy as far as timing and, and how quickly things have moved. I mean, what are we looking at in the next year as far as changes go? If you were if you were to guess.
2: I think that you're going to see more creative and more, uh, you know, I I would say more um, adept marketers, where they're going to use these kids. For example, we have a client that they, they essentially want to put together, you know, five 19 year old kids in an advisory role for them. And meet three times a year at their corporate headquarters. And these kids are not going to be paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, but they're they're using it because some of these kids, as we talked all the way back, you know, when we first sat down and talked about sale, these opportunities for these kids after college. And I think you're gonna see more and more of that, Matt, where it's gonna it's not gonna be just about the logo slap. I think you're gonna see companies wading into this market with a different agenda.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Really insightful stuff. EJ, before we let you go, is there anything you want to touch on on this on this subject that maybe we glossed over? We didn't bring up to you today. You're so you're so ingrained in it right now. And it's a big part of what you guys are doing. I just want to give you the opportunity to talk about anything we may have missed.
2: No, I think John, the last thing I would say is just, you know, as uh, Matt said, as a fan, I look at it as a fan and as a father. Think about the challenge of the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Every time you, you you know, you say to your kid, hey, keep your head down, work hard. And, you know, would Tom Brady have stayed at Michigan if he was sixth on the depth chart? Right. He'd have transferred to Cal Berkeley his freshman year. And it, it's that, to me, is what has really thrown this off course. Like We knew NIL was inevitable. But the timing of the transfer portal and the idea that they have not been, you know, recruiting never stops. Here in our backyard, lacrosse, I have so many friends whose kids played both, you know, men's and women's lacrosse, and they are constantly being called by coaches because, you know, before it was forbidden, but it's wide open now. So um, it's, it's really too bad because um, I, I think there was good intent on both sides. But for those two to come together, as I said earlier, it it really has become the perfect storm. Wow,
0: It's incredibly interesting. Um, I agree with you. I mean, you worry about the harm that it ultimately does to collegiate athletics, to the, you know, the the fractioning it's doing. Um, And, 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 you know, you mentioned earlier kids, pre-college kids. I mean, at what age are we starting to, Get kids uh. involved in this, and then where's childhood? I mean, you know, and go down, you get a whole rabbit rabbit hole about, you know, the, the, the pratfalls of, of this potentially. And hopefully, things will work out. I mean, things t- seem to, there will be a proof point that works. I think somebody will solve it, but, um, and hopefully, guys like you, EJ, you, Chris, and Fred um, will be a big part of that. But it's going to be an interesting journey for sure. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> EJ Narcisse, thank you so much for enlightening everybody on the new uh, name, image, likeness that is sweeping the nation. Really appreciate you joining us, pal. Thank you,
1: guys. My pleasure.
0: Thanks, EJ. Hey, Matt, that was really interesting. It was great having EJ Narcisse from Team Services, LLC. They also operate Sale student athlete, image, and likeness, um, you know, and all the work they're doing to try to find these... Uh, these opportunities for student-athletes, but still trying to wade through so much that's going on.
1: It's uh, just truly remarkable how in one year, the name, image, and likeness world, and as EJ alluded to, the transfer portal has changed college athletics. And, you know, I think it remains to be seen if it's changed it for the better or for for worse, and as an institution anyway. I mean, I think we all knew that that the kids were going to get paid at some point in some way but it really has the doors are wide open right now and it is the Wild West.
0: Well, recruiting never ends, right? Yeah. So there's no rest for the weary. I think you're going to see this impact universities, coaching staff, student, student athletes, uh, everybody who's involved in that world. And certainly while there is opportunity for business there are some uh, things we got to watch out for. We will be staying on top of it. We'll revisit this with EJ and others uh, down the road. But hey, thanks again everybody for tuning in to uh, Spin is a Four Letter Word, the Maroon PR podcast. Give us a follow at at Maroon PR, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks.